You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Guidepost today. Uh, I have our policy associate, Will Poston, joining me. How are you doing this morning, Will? Good, Tony. Spring has sprung uh, down here um, in the D.C. area and on the Potomac, the shad are running, uh, the cormorants I was going to say, you're, st- you're probably stacking up some shad numbers by about now, right? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, waiting for that big push of Americans to double over my six weight but uh it's been a fun spring so far lots so the, and lots, lots and lots couple, of cats but we'll uh we'll leave that for another podcast yeah that's a whole other podcast um so you you haven't run into a big push of americans yet not really there have been some that have been pushing in on kind of the, the really warm days but um they should really thicken up here in a little bit so those those, those things are fun, fun man oh yeah that's a that's a totally different fish than a hickory shad. Um, right. Little tanks. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad the Potomac is kind of busted wide open. You know that that was voted many years ago the number one place to basically take a kid fishing. Um, and if anyone's listening to this and they're in the area and they've never done it before, it's super easy. The folks at Fletcher's are very friendly. Uh, just don't, don't, uh, don't bring your monster truck into that tunnel because you won't fit. Yeah, or or mm-hmm. row downstream if you can't row upstream. Yeah, let's that's, that's a... <laughs> Yeah, really. You know the the greatest thing about it is if you can get a boat, all you have to do is go out a hundred feet into that first current seam and throw that rock over, and you're gonna catch shad. You're gonna push a shad. It's, it's, uh, but I would, I would certainly second the, uh, unless you weren't on the rowing team in high school, um, I'd really think twice about, about, uh, rowing against that current on the way home. Um, cause it can, I've, I've seen, I've seen strong men crumble in those, uh, in those wooden Fletcher's boats. But yeah, if you get a chance, take, uh, take your family down there and have a good time. Um, it's about the easiest fishing on a good day that you could ever have. And shad are super fun. They fight hard. They jump, hit just about anything. Um, so get out there and enjoy it. But we are here today to talk about stripers and Albies, Will. And I guess we'll tackle um, we'll tackle stripers first, and then we'll move into Albies. And the one thing that I want people to kind of frame this whole discussion with is what we're talking about is going to take place at the, the meeting um at asmfc the first week in may yeah and stripers are going to be on wednesday morning and albies uh, are going to be on tuesday, uh, tuesday morning tuesday morning tuesday yeah. morning and albies are going to be on wednesday morning albies and benito yeah and and atlantic benito so this is this is 24 hours man and and we didn't plan it this way and we know it's not the easiest way to do things um but you know, you take what the good Lord gives you. Um, and, and this is what it is. And, 
this is how it shall be. So let's talk about stripers here for a second, Will. Um, you know, I think uh, I think this is a hard time for a lot of striped bass anglers to understand because, you know, by a lot of on-the-water observations, 2022 was a banner year in uh, in certain areas, and we're sitting here saying that we need a reduction. Um, you want to you want to kind of shed a little bit of light on that? I mean, we're going to talk about this for a while, but I know it's I know it's really difficult for anglers. They probably think we're crazy. That's okay, um, but there's a lot more to it than you having a good season in one area. Yeah, uh, totally. Striped bass population. So, and I mean, Tony, it kind of goes back to you know the type of you know fisheries philosophy we all stand by, where um, you know we're not just looking in the short term; we're looking for the long term, um, and that's why rebuilding by 2029 has been you know our n- number one goal with this fishery um and our concern right now is which which are the rules by the way will yeah we no, didn't make are, it up they are i mean the rules too. 10 10 year rebuilding timeline from from the time it was declared overfished in 2019 so it's not yeah. we didn't make this up we didn't pull 2029 out of the air we're we're just asking for people to follow the rules. So please yeah, continue. So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm sure many of our listeners here remember when we kind of sounded the alarm that uh, the technical committee did some analysis of preliminary 2022 um, harvest and effort estimates and pretty much found out that harvest skyrocketed in 2022 based on, you know, uh, um, a big portion a big healthy portion of the stock, you know, in those 2015 year classes hitting the slot limit um, and pretty much completely destroyed the odds of rebuilding. We're at what, like an 11 to 14% chance, depending on which. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I prepared the slide so we'd be able to actually talk about it. So there's different scenarios, um, but the probability with the projected F and the scenarios also are just based on like looking at the 2022 estimates and then you throw in whether all or a portion of the yeah yeah there's there's four different scenarios and the probability when you plug the 2022 numbers in the probability of the spawning stock biomass of stripers varies from 11 point uh, to rebuild to target by 2029 varies from 11.3 to 3.4 percent yeah and there's there's on the lower end there's not a lot of variance it's 3.4 3.6 3.8 and then 11.3 uh for scenario one um so i guess going back to like the you know the scenario we opened this with where you know anglers up and down the coast are some are saying that they're having really good fishing and then why why do we need to do something now well you know case a we're not going to rebuild unless we do something now and you know looking further down the pipe we've had such terrible recruitment in recent years there's a good probability that the bottom will just drop out because there's nothing refilling the refilling the stock um and we have no control over recruitment of striped bass and spawning success. So 
the lever we have to, you know, save this fishery for the entire coast um, and rebuild this fishery for the entire coast is to do something today. Um, not, you know, metaphorically speaking today, but at the, on May 2nd at 8.30 a.m. Um, yes. Yeah, so, Will, I yanked up another slide just to kind of give you a little statistical uh, statistical backup on on everything that you said. But when you plug in the, um, the 2022 removals and by pounds, so 2020 was about 14 million and change pounds. 2021 was about 15 million and change pounds harvested. 2022 is 35 million. Um, so when you plug in those 2022 numbers, we reduced the 2029 rebuilding probability by 83 to 86% yeah. compared to where it was in 2021. So, you know, we'll throw this in there too. They, they ran the numbers for the commercial quota transfers and uh, full ocean quota utilization will further decrease rebuilding probability by four to 7%. Um, compared to that scenario one, that 11%. So the other things that, you know, we were talking about the 3.4, the 3.6, the 3.8%, that had a function of that um, fully utilizing the the commercial quota, which we vehemently oppose at, at this juncture in rebuilding. So again, we'll get back to it. You know, I saw a lot of comments online, you know, you people are crazy. They want to take everything away from us. Look, here's the bottom line. We have four years of nothing after 2018. We have average, we have a really, really robust year class in 2015, which was the bulk of what people were catching in 2022 and saying they had a great year. And I'm I'm happy y'all had a great year. Uh, my question is, do you want to be telling your grandkids about it? Uh, <laughs> talking about the good old days in 2022 and wondering why the bottom fell out of the fishery. Cause guess what folks, the bottom's going to fall out of the fishery. We have no fish coming down through uh, as a result of poor recruitment in the Chesapeake Bay from 2019 forward. We have average year classes in 2017, 2017 and 2018. And after that, it is a black hole. So, what do you want to do? Do you do you want to recognize that and be honest about it and realize that if we keep knocking the brakes off of these 2015s that we're not going to have anything to rebuild on? Uh, that would be my first scenario. And the second scenario is, do you want to take a course adjustment now to get us to rebuild to target? Or do you want to take some massive draconian measures? Uh, a couple of years in the future when the stock assessment comes out and everyone's like, golly gee, how did this happen? And then we're all kind of backs against the wall. There's not enough fish to rebuild. We, we, we killed too many of these average year classes and robust year classes and we got nothing. So it's precautionary management, folks. If we don't get this right, we're in a world of hurt. So let's, let's kind of explain to people what, what happens um 
So in order to change the regulations, which is what we would need uh, to get back on rebuilding track, they would have the the striped bass management board would have to initiate an addendum at the at the May meeting. If they don't initiate an addendum, this is kind of this is our fear. One of the main, I think, arguments for people who will listen to the meeting, uh, one of the main arguments will be, oh, well, there's an update to the stock assessment in 2024. Let's wait for those numbers. Well, that stock assessment will come in out at the end of 2024. And follow me here. It'll come, it'll come out at the end of 2024. Every state has a little bit of a different procedure to set regulations. So most of the states would not be able to adjust their regulations for that information in, in 2024. So we would lose 2025 and we would not be able to do anything until 2026. That would leave us with three years left to rebuild that in 2026, the 2017 fish are uh, nine years old. The 2018 fish are eight years old. They'll be smack dab in the middle of the slot or getting out of the slot. Not a good situation for us to be in at all. We'll have three years left to rebuild. And then we're going to be behind the eight ball because there's not going to be a lot. Uh, for us to rebuild on. So that's why this May meeting is so critical. And it just comes down to, would you like to pay a little bit now? Or would you like to pay a lot later? Uh, Will, I mean, any thoughts on that? No, I mean, that's, that's, that's it right now. That's the game plan. Um, you know, we're, we're strongly advising, um, you know, board members to consider all this new information. Um, you know, one of the premier stock assessment scientists at ASMFC or, you know, in the country for that matter, um, cautioned at the TC meeting. She was like, my biggest concern is that if we try to delay now um, or, you know, wait for the assessment or wait for these estimates to become final, then we're going to be in a world of hurt with this fishery and this stock. Um, so, you know, I've said it on a previous podcast, the writing is on the wall for an absolute necessity to do something at this May meeting, because then that will allow for the technical folks to develop, you know, do scoping throughout the summer, kind of determine what sort of tweaks to the, to the stock or to the slot or um, potential regulations would um you know better uh better facilitate successful rebuilding um and then so we'll the- let's let's explain that to the listeners uh you know in terms that they can understand a little bit better so basically we don't know what regulation changes or what rebuilding would look like because they have not initiated an addendum yet. So the ask for this May meeting is initiate an addendum to get back to rebuilding. After the May meeting, the scientists will come up with several scenarios and that will go out for public 
it'll be a public document. I'm sure they'll have public hearings. Um, you know, and that will take, we'll see that information about in August. So. Yeah. And then public comment would be from August to October. Most yeah. Likely. And we can't really, we can't say one way or the other right now to our listeners, this is what re, this is what staying on track for rebuilding by 2029 looks like. We don't know. Nobody yeah. knows, not even the scientists know. So right now, you know, I don't, I, I know a lot of y'all have been with us for a long time. So you remember like the amendment seven process, which was like, you had to comment on like 12 different things. Each one had four different sub options. This is one thing. Initiate an addendum at the May meeting to keep us on track to rebuild, which is essentially the lowest bar that we can ask for um that that are the rules of the commission this is the most basic fundamental rule rebuild in 10 years and i I, i'm just gonna say that you know the whole time the, the whole time in the last two years we've been jumping up and down and screaming and saying this isn't gonna work because of the 2015s, you know, F's going to go through the roof. Look at our blogs. We've been saying it for years and it happened. So we're kind of, I don't know. I think we're kind of getting a little frustrated, but this is what I can tell you. Um, you know, New Jersey had a spectacular year. Uh, you can look at the numbers out of the 35 million pounds of stripers that were harvested in 2022. New Jersey harvested over 14 million of that. So if you hear New Jersey anglers saying whatever, that we're crazy and all that kind of stuff, I mean, we're kind of used to it, but that's where the biomass was. That was the sweet spot for stripers. Ask North Carolina people how their striper fishing was because they don't go anymore. Or ask Virginia or ask Maryland or ask Delaware. I looked, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I looked at the Delaware numbers and they were so low. You don't even surf fish in Delaware anymore. Like you catch little like 12 inch kingfish and juvenile bluefish. I mean, it doesn't even exist. So, you know, I, that's a precautionary tale. Um, you guys are lucky that fishing was good. I hope you enjoyed every second of it sucks here so it's and yeah okay yeah there were some big fish in here in the winter but what the pictures on the internet don't tell you is they were jigging them up in 60 feet of water with two ounce you know two ounce jig heads on, on big plastic baits and and i mean it was basically one or two schools of fish that the same group of people were chasing around the other guys stacked up on the on inside the susquehanna right below the line and and fished their asses off at night and early in the morning and they caught some big fish too it's not a shadow of what it was uh 10 years ago 15 years ago it's and nothing. that's what happens when you get closer to, to target tony right like the rest yeah. of the coast all of the coast is you know enjoying better fishing just as a as a factor of that large biomass of fish needing to spread out more so right 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, look, we're beating this thing up. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you think we're crazy? Write your own letter to ASMFC and tell them the fishing was awesome and you should be able to kill as many stripers as you want. Our letter isn't going to look like that. Our letter's going to say, follow your damn rules, rebuild this stock by 2029, because we have to we have to advocate for our members, uh, conservation-minded rec anglers, folks who own tackle shops, folks who run guiding businesses. And, uh, and I can tell you, if they don't initiate an addendum, things are going to be pretty bleak. So we've been kind of going back and forth on what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And um, this is a real simple message, simple as it gets. We're kind of drafting our letters right now about striped bass we're going to put them up online if you believe in the guides association you believe in what we stand for what we're saying makes sense we're going to need everyone to sign on yeah whether that's uh you know surf fishermen boat fishermen fly anglers tackle shops brands everything and 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 look, not only are we going to need you to sign on to this, but if the addendum passes, guess what? We're going to need you in August. We're going to need you in October. And this stuff doesn't end. So, like, if you have fatigue or whatever, shit, so do we. Um, but this is it. This is it. Either we turn the ship and get this going in the right direction. Or I, I think the future looks pretty bleak. So y'all will see our letter here coming up real soon. Um, every voice matters, every single one of you, this has got to be a coastwide thing. We have to send a very clear message. And I know, man, I know everyone's frustrated. I know the commercial quota thing really got everyone aggravated. It got us aggravated too. I, I know I get it. I get it. All right. Doesn't mean you stop fighting. It doesn't, it, because you lose, because people don't listen to you, because you're frustrated, it, it doesn't mean that striped bass don't deserve the absolute best that we can offer them. And all of our business, all the businesses that we represent deserve an opportunity to still be fishing for stripers five years from now. Because I got to tell you, if this thing goes sideways, I cannot guarantee that 100% to our membership or our followers that it's going to be around. I really can't at this point, and I've never said that before. 